Welcome to the podcast, Three Things That Matter. My name is Anne Blake, and in each episode, I interview a different guest. They are asked to bring three things that matter to them. These might vary from books and plants to places and occasions. These three things provide the jumping off point for discussion of the extraordinary in the everyday. Three Things That Matter is a Limerick Post podcast and is released every second Wednesday. In episode 7 of the second series, I speak to Sharon Slater. Sharon is historian-in-residence at Ormston House. She has been researching the history of life in Limerick for over 20 years and holds an MA in local history from the University of Limerick. Sharon is the author of multiple publications, the most recent of which is 100 Women of Limerick. She has received awards including the National Heritage Hero Award from the Heritage Council of Ireland and was honoured with a mayoral reception at City Hall. I have no doubt that you have many things that matter to you in your life and today I've just asked you to pick three that are in no particular order of importance but uh, yeah I, I, I would welcome you to to introduce your first thing. Yeah, it's it. It was a struggle trying to figure out what what I was going to do. I went through a few different options in my head, and then I and we've been packing boxes, so it was like, what have I not put into a box? So um, I went with this for my my first one. Okay. So yeah, so this is. This is a knitted doll, a, a miniature version of me. Um, so it's got my, right now, again, my hair is up in a ponytail. It's got his hair up in a ponytail, wearing a, a little a purple dress, because I do love wearing a dress. Um, but why I picked this is because knitting is something that I have done forever. And mm. it's such a weird thing, but it's like, I've, I've always been knitting. Knit, I, like one of my first memories is being in primary school, and um, they were trying to teach everybody to knit, and I didn't have the equipment, you know. So I had borrowed some wool off somebody, and I was using two pencils to knit. Yeah, wow. it's, I, I remember learning like that. Um, but then later, like my first job in, was involved in knitting. Uh, Really? Uh, yeah, the um, you remember though? Well, they're still going now. You know, handmade Aaron knitwear that's sold to Americans. Mm-hmm. So when I was like thirteen, I was knitting mittens and hats and five foot long scarves with in Aaron patterns. Um, that were being there was this this woman that they were being sold to, and she sold them to people in America. Yeah, so my first job was when I was about 13 years old was knitting iron hats and mittens. I think I got like five pounds for a, a finished a finished set of hat and mittens or a finished five foot long scarf was like five pounds. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and was this a shop or was it a little cottage industry, uh, household industry? Yeah, she, she, uh, she had a house and it, it, in the last well, she was when I was thirteen. She was an old, old, old woman. You know, she might have been fifty because I was <laughs> as thirty. <laughs> she might have been fifty. She might have been eighty. I've no idea. Um, yeah. 
but I only recently found out in the last few years that she was the mother-in-law to a good friend of mine. He was talking about how his his mother-in-law was very involved in knitting and selling stuff. And I was like, oh, I was, I was doing that. And we put all the pieces together and realized that I, when I was a teenager, I was knitting stuff for her, for his mother-in-law. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. The world is an incredibly small place. So. And, and it's something you can still do? Can you oh, still- yeah. Oh, like this, like I knitted, I knitted this little doll. Um, I've knitted lots of dolls, lots, lots of everything. But um, this, the doll that I knitted was part of a set for me and my uh, closest friends. We have a band that don't play any music and we can't sing, but we make album covers. Uh, we get together every, you know, every few months and take pictures and write um, song titles and make an album cover for what? our band. <laughs> yeah. So I knitted the, the doll so that we all have our own little mini, mini us to, for, for our band. What's, for, what's, what's the name of the band? Uh, the Pornaments. The Pornaments. Yeah. The, oh, the reason that came about was we were all together one day and we're walking along. It, okay. I think we were in Cork and there was a shop and in the front of the shop it had all these really interesting statues and you know decorations and um so we we were like oh that looks fascinating we'll we'll go and we'll look inside in that shop see what's in there and we opened it up and we went in and the further we got into the shop the more religious it got so nice. we it was you know it was porn ornaments because on the outside it looks all like you know high gloss in fancy you know people are like everybody's perfect got their perfect makeup on in porn and that was what the ornaments were in the front of the shop they were lulling us in they were trying to get us into the shop with their ornaments <laughs> yes that's what they so was it wait a minute it was a religious shop or it was, it a was sex shop? no no it was a religious shop <laughs> okay. but the front of it was it was pretending to be something else you know right so, Pornament. So that is an inspired name. I can't believe I've never even heard or seen anything like that anywhere else. Yeah. And, and oh, our band co- our our band titles are all related to because when we because we all lived in different cities, so when we'd gather together, um, we'd go on little adventures. So the the titles would come from things that would happen when we're on our on our adventures, like. Um, one time we went up to Galway and there was a beach on the beach there was a wedding party and I thought I recognised the groom from a wedding party and I was like I think that's I think that's Brian and um, so one of the titles was uh, you know not gate crashing Brian's wedding so it was yeah, things like that <laughs> things that would happen on the wedding that or happen on the the the, the times away yeah, and and how many how many albums have the tournaments released? Oh goodness, I think it's about about seven or eight. Like we, one of our early ones was we don't want to sleep with Russ Common people. Um, that was after the uh, the referendum because oh. myself and all my friends were all gay, so it was all so when the ref, the marriage referendum came out and it was 
Ross Common, that, that voted no. And one of our friends in our group is from, was from Ross Common as well. Oh, boy. So, so we just look at, we give him, send him daggers. And he's like, no, it's not Ross Common, it's South Leitrim. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's it. There's a funny thing actually even around the, the maths of that because obviously, um, I too like yourself had a vested interest in the marriage equality referendum, and I always was. Um, I just felt really bad for the people who voted yes in Roscommon and South Leitrim because yeah. their vote got turned into kind of negate. Even though their yeses were part of the overall majority but uh, my heart always broke for them because uh like i think mathematically remember someone's like saying mathematically less people say voted yes in in donegal but yeah. mathematically it, it worked out yeah, so the percentages of it yeah. yeah 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 so but i it, that is very clever uh, I don't want to sleep with the Ross Common people. That does have a, have a fun ring to it. <laughs> but we still love. We, uh, we, we still. No, it, some of, of my best friends. friends some of my best friends from Ross Common. <laughs> one of the tournaments is from Ross Common. So tournaments. <laughs> That's brilliant. And this. Uh, so when did you? Th- so this this item this thing you've brought is yeah. your knitted band member. Yeah. So that's that's you without your iconic glasses because I I would associate you with glasses but is, uh, yeah it was to knit. Uh, they're very awkward to knit and I tried <laughs> with bits of because uh, I've done a few different uh, dolls for other people and you know I've I've tried to make glasses out of um you know, out of metal and out of uh, felt out of all sorts mm. of material it's it's really really awkward so. Yeah. So now that I'm here going, eh, I just yeah. noticed on your doll you missed a bit. Eh, no, I'm <laughs> absolutely in awe of, of anyone who can craft and make because it is it is not a skill I would I would have any uh, ability in. But uh, yeah, when, so when, when did you make it? D- did you say uh, this? Uh, this one was oh, two thousand and probably two thousand eighteen. It was pre-pandemic. Okay, because one of my friends takes his one around when he goes on holidays and uses it as his stand-in if he's making if he's doing selfies so he'll stick it in front of buildings stick it in front of things and so so yeah so now i've done them for for all sorts of people but like i've knitted pretty much anything that can be knitted i have knitted at some stage okay (laughs) okay yeah socks have been done hats have been done jumpers yeah and and how many people are how many dolls are in the tournaments oh four it's four yeah. four and what's the gender breakdown uh i'm the only woman just okay just me <laughs> just you Fly, yeah. flying the gal flag that's um no it's so that's it's that's really fun and that's a lovely it's a lovely excuse or a way i suppose to connect with friends like to actually do something together to do something playful together oh it's so nice because when we're it, and it's important it's so important because like especially as you get older mm. you forget because when you're younger you tend to be in you know like you're living together you're going to college together you do you're you're around each other more but when as you get older your life and responsibilities get so much more and you're like okay i need to we need to make a date and we have to go on that date and and that's it. It's, you really have to make time for friends. It's so important. And you've and you've literally made your friends. Yeah, yeah. You, phys- yeah. you physically I made physically them. made them. 
I've put little voodoo bits inside of them so they'll never forget me. It's just <laughs> <laughs> how long would it take you to make? Uh, how long take you to make each each tournament? Uh, about a less than a day. It doesn't take me that long. I'm a I'm a very fast knitter. I'm, I'm like. And it's done but you see I've, I've been I was knitting five foot long scarves when I was 13 doing doing something this size <laughs> <laughs> so even for as I said visual medium like it is like even oh, yeah, it's, wise, like, it's it's about the size of your hand yeah well about the size of my hand and I've got an I'm gonna go with a medium size hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's 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 a it's like a a, a small doll but it I mean it's very impressive and it's wearing a purple dress and yep. uh, it's got a little a ponytail and everything but the glasses but like Jesus Anne <laughs> let it go I'm going to have to make glasses now for it I'm going to have to figure that out and okay. make some glasses either that you- or I'm going to have to get laser eye surgery <laughs> it's one <laughs> or the other <laughs> well here's the very lazy life hack from the likes of me who's not crafty get no black sharpie and draw them on <laughs> And you'll be laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry if that's an insult to your, your knitting and crafting sensibilities. No, no. <laughs> knitting is always just fun for me. There's, there's no... But I can't crochet. I can knit, but I cannot crochet. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Oh. I, I had to knit for a show. As you know, uh, Bread Not Profits. Yeah. And um, and I, I can knit, basically. I mean, I learned it in school. I, I'm glad I did, because it's lovely. It's very relaxing and meditative and stuff. But obviously, to knit and act, it, you know, it, it's a it's a challenge. So I worked really, you know, I worked hard on it. And I didn't mean you saw that show, and you were probably looking at me with severe judgment. No. Uh, I Well, thank you, because I got a few tweets and comments going, Ha ha! You can tell Anne Blake's not a knitter. Yeah. <laughs> I saw something recently, and it said, "You know, despite popular belief, you don't have to be good at any of your hobbies." Oh, and I'm like, yes, that's so true. If you enjoy what, if whatever it is that you're doing, it doesn't matter how rubbish you are at it. If you're enjoying it, all that matters. It's funny. I realize as you say that that's something that I believe, but. It- I've never heard articulated yeah. and that well. And it's, that's lovely. Because even if you think of something like, if a hobby is something physical, like a sport or something, uh, yeah, it's very important that you can just enjoy it and not be, I don't know, playing for Ireland or, yeah. <laughs> or, or trying to win a marathon. It's like, no, try to finish a marathon. That's just, that's the key. Yeah. Um, well, and not even try and finish it. It's just do better than what you did the last time or enjoy no, ex- it a little bit more it's exactly <laughs> it's- like running is something I've done now and then and, and I'm hoping to get back into um, but for me it's it's completing it's actually managing to, to do the thing it's not like uh, ooh I wonder will I place <laughs> yeah. like no yeah. I wonder will I finish <laughs> That that's where they the, the, the that's what the payoff is but that's really gorgeous that's a lovely it's a lovely um, attitude to have because it just frees you up to to enjoy life and to yes, yeah. t- to try things out. Yeah, no, it's great. There was uh, somebody else said um, about karaoke that you know karaoke should be left to people who can't sing, and and that and I was I'm not a singer. I can't. I'm really bad at singing. My uh, secondary school music teacher told me to mime when we were in choir. So, oh. so I always had this little thing about singing that I was like, no, I can't sing. But then after I heard that, I was like, 
oh, okay, I can, I'm not good at it, but I might enjoy it. So I'll, th uh, I'll throw my name into the pot next time karaoke is offered somewhere. I will say something about karaoke because I am a singer, but to me, karaoke is not about, uh, like a lot of singers hate karaoke because they're, it's a busman's holiday. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? They're like, oh, this is what I do. And I have a memory of uh, our good friend Emma Langford um, being in my house. And I, myself and my wife, Jenny, love karaoke. We, I've, I've embraced it. And I'll explain to you how I've embraced it. Um, and we set up karaoke in our house. And I could see Emma breaking out in horror, anxiety, sweats. You know, she's a yeah. singer. Not what she's into. And I was like, no, Emma, it, you, you know, you, you gig all the time. You sing your own beautiful music in front of people. Or else you might play covers of stuff you really like. This is not that. This is the song you sing in your dreams to the stadium that you would never sing. And she looked at me and she went, Whitney Houston. I went, yes, <laughs> yes, go, yeah. go. Yep. No one's ever going to think, you know, Emma Langford should be Whitney Houston. I, no one ever looks at me and think I should be Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> and it's all about uh, not, it's it's not about being good. It's about enjoying it and having That's a crack. Yeah, exactly. Um, even yeah. as I said, as a singer, uh, I... I choose to lean into the karaoke as as a fun um, yeah. release rather than here's my chance to, to be. And it's a funny thing, actually, Jenny's voice improved through mm. karaoke. So, you know, like any muscle. Uh, yeah. So basically what we're getting from all this is um, do karaoke. Do karaoke. Enjoy the things that you do, no matter if you're good at them or not. <laughs> exactly. And on that point, I think we could maybe move on to your second thing. That we that we could. Now this one's going to be a little bit difficult to show you because I'm going to have okay. to. I'm going to have to hoist a leg up in the air. Oh, so, I'm, I've, I've an inkling. So ah. we're going to go with this this one. So on my leg, uh, all the way down this one chin, I've got this um, Edwardian. Uh, this it's okay it's it looks like a woman in an Edwardian dress but on the face and the arms you can tell that it's a dog and mm. she is uh, smoking a cigarette as well and she's got really beautiful parasol coming off one out of her out of her arms as well so it's that and all the rest of my many 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 tattoos um <laughs> so like i i have a lot of tattoos that one all my tattoos um represent somebody okay and like that one the that one was, uh, is in color the one that's on the front of my of my left shin um so it's bright yellow you know really really colorful really bold you know edwardian woman with her parasol and her dog's face um but that one represents my brother who passed away because he he was incredibly colorful you know his entire life was incredibly colorful he was passionate about um passionate about dogs and passionate about caring for them he was always you know fostering and making sure that they were they were fine and um, and he was a smoker too but the, when i had the the tattoo the artist was like Oh, we done now. He had most of it done and it uh, didn't have a cigarette in its mouth. And I was like looking at it going, there's something missing from this. There's there's something that's n just not quite my brother, not quite there yet. 
and I was like, it needs a cigarette. And the the tattoo artist was like, oh, you mean like one of those long lady-like, you know, the holders and the, the whole, so you know, it's an Edwardian um, outfit. And I was like, no, 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 no. It, it needs to be just dangling from the end of a lip. Just relaxed, you know, mechanic, just hands-on kind of person with this cigarette just hanging from the side of the mouth. And so, yeah, that, that's that, that one of, <laughs> of my tattoos. That's beautiful, and and like looking at it, it's it's as you said, it's so colourful. It's, it's quite rainbow esque as well, and the the colour is like it's very yellow, but there is that feeling of loads of different colours in it. Yeah, and it is. It's going from your knee down all the way down to your your ankle. Yeah, all the way all the way down that shin is is that oh, one. Oh, stunning! So yeah, so like I, most people when they see me in a professional setting, I've got my my long sleeves and my long pants, but. Like I'm completely covered in tattoos, so it it's not it it goes out of that norm for <laughs> for a moment when people start realizing it. I was at one event, and I love wearing a skirt, as my little miniature me shows. Um, it, on my miniature me, I don't know if you saw, I've got my my tattoos. Oh, the tattoos are on it, amazing. <laughs> so, um, but I was at this event one day and um, I was standing and I looked around and I realized that there was a woman that I know and she was she was crouched down beside me and she was taking pictures of my leg and she was like oh no this has to go on Twitter and I was like well I don't mind but it was so weird because she'd known me for years and years but had never had never seen them Um, and and um, what what was your brother's name? Khan Khan. Yeah. Oh wow. It's it's a really it's a very striking tribute. Like it's oh. such a Khan Khan was a, a such he was he was an absolute one hundred percent rogue, but had yeah. a, a heart of gold. He was just he was great. I love Khan. Khan was mm. the best. And you said every tattoo represents uh, a different person a different person or uh, like a, a, like I've got um, I've got these ants I've got 27 ants that go from my wrist uh, to my shoulder mm-hmm. and then on from my show on my shoulder blade going out there is a whole pile of um, dragonflies flying off my shoulder so uh, like those represent the because ants they work in a sense of community. You know, you need, mm. they need all the different ants who work in their all di- the different jobs to keep their colony alive. So the ants are all my community, all the people that I have that interact with me, that I need. Um, and then it goes into the, into the dragonflies for those who have lost for whatever reason along the way. And the dragonflies are flying off, off my shoulder. So yeah, there's, there's there's lots lots of them and like I've got I've got a huge one that goes from my from just under my my underarm um, down to my hip mm-hmm. of a uh, it's a battle axe it's um 
the, this one is just tattoos. <laughs> Number two is just tattoos. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you won't be able to see it because so it's difficult to show. That's okay. So it's oh, huge, I can see it. Yeah. That's amazing. So that was uh, years ago. My, my best friend died. He died suddenly as well. So we had a, had a, there was a story that we, that linked us that involved a battle axe. Well, it wasn't battle axe. It was a sledgehammer that involved a sledgehammer. And so uh, to represent him, it was the, the sledgehammer going down. And again, it, like that, the, I, I don't think it's something that I love. Like my body's a temple and I'm decorating it. Mm. So it's, I love my tattoos. I can't wait to get more. If I was, if I was independently wealthy and I didn't have to work anymore, I would be completely covered in tattoos. Like I'd have them up the neck. I would have them everywhere. <laughs> wow. And what, what age were you when you got your first tattoo? Oh, 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 I was illegal. <laughs> <laughs> You've already told me you were working at 13, which I think is possibly pushing children for laws. I think we're grand at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was most definitely under the age of getting allowed to get tattoos when, okay. when I got my first tattoo. Uh, but that was like, somebody told me that I couldn't get a t- tattoo when I was like, can't tell me what to do. <laughs> so went in with my my pounds because it was pounds at the time when I I got it, I got my first tattoo when we were still using pounds. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. Yeah, well, I'm thinking back, Sharon. You'd still have been a young adult when pounds came when euro came in. So I imagine it's it's back a bit before. Then. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a, a long long time ago. So. Yeah, and 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 what what did you get? Uh, that one I've got, it was a rose from um, my granddad uh, used to, he, he used to garden. He had been a coal miner in, in England. And then when he reti- went outside of doing coal mining, <laughs> outside of being down pit, um, he would do gardening and do flowers and do make roses. He would um, uh, splice roses together and try and create new roses and and all that so he had his greenhouse and would make make all different types of new flowers and so yeah the i had that one uh, a rose for him and then i had a scorpion i've got another scorpion on i've got a scorpion on my that the roses on on my on my abdomen on the right hand side no my left hand side and then i've got a massive scorpion on the right hand side for my grandmother my grandmother was about like she was really short i I, i'm gonna you know she was probably about five foot tall but i'm going to go with she was like you know three foot two she was tiny (laughs) she was absolutely tiny but um she was amazing she had the best giggle and you know she used to she had when she during the second world war I'm going off on all different stories everywhere. This is, this is what we love. The, the Second World War, because my family are all from England. Um, she was part of the RAF and she was down in um, Plymouth in, in Devon. And her job was to use the radar machines to watch for um, aircraft coming across the English Channel to let the people know 
Winterfire, the... She called him the Kataka guns because he went Kataka, Kataka, Kataka. Um, <laughs> to fire them across, you know, to shoot for the anti-aircraft guns. So that was that was my, my grandmother when she was like 21, 22. She was <laughs> stopping um, aeroplanes coming across the English Channel to, to bomb England. Um, so yeah, it was just amazing one. Wow. No wonder you've an interest in history. Oh. <laughs> an in- I've got an interest. I've got a curiosity. <laughs> so, if I started going into my my other grandmother, Jenny Mac. <laughs> a, st- a story. A story for another day. By the sounds oh, of things, for but sure. yeah, obviously, so your 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 body in in many ways is like a document of of your own life, and it's a way of of. I suppose marking and and showing tribute to people you know and love. Yeah, and like, because uh, I've got like my legs are covered. I've got a huge jellyfish, and I've got a huge vine, and a huge um, elephant, and a huge dragon, um, and it it it's always interesting to me to see the reactions of different people, like. When I started doing history first, I was like, it might, like, I was a teenager when I started getting interested and really early into my 20s when I was started going out and meeting people. And at that stage, you know, I my head was shaved. I had piercings fall down my ears and I had all these tattoos and I was walking into rooms with, <laughs> with, you know, almost a sea of grey and elbow patches. So it was really... I don't know if they knew what to make of me, but there were there were so many of them were so welcoming and so helpful. You know, there was one there was one man that uh, I never never forget his generosity and his kindness. Um, Frank Prendergast. He was just so kind, so generous with his knowledge, and so encouraging. You know, because when he when he met me, I was like eighteen, nineteen. And he didn't need to take this curious child under his wing <laughs> in, into history circles. And, but he did. And it was just like, oh, yeah, I'll forever be grateful that he decided to help me along. And yeah, oh, so wow. we always need these people. You know, like if somebody asks me for, for help in history, I, I, will, I will endeavor to help them because you never know who it is that you're helping. You never know. So it's very important for me to, if somebody asks me for, for help, I'll try. I'll try what I, I'll try and help. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and yes, I have been on the other end of your help many time around historical <laughs> projects, as many people have. Um, well, listen, time is flying away and I we might move on to your third thing, if you have it. Figuratively handy, or actually handy. I have it right here, and it actually came in. It came to me yesterday. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I I had a few different ideas that I was thinking of for my third item, but this one arrived to the door. And what happened was my doorbell rang, and uh, I saw a woman outside, and I opened the door, and I saw she was wearing you know her yellow tabard. And I started reading the letters on it and I could see that it was it was going C E N and I was like, 
I started getting extremely excited because it was my senses enumerator. <laughs> I jumped up and down and I started clapping and I was like, oh yes, are you my senses enumerator? Are you my... And the poor woman, because <laughs> normally people wouldn't get so excited over the senses, but this... This is my census enumeration form. <laughs> so yes, I love the census. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So yeah, so I got I got way too excited for somebody on a Saturday afternoon, you know, having somebody cold calling their front door. You know, normally somebody cold calling your front door is they're going to try and get you to change your gas to another company. You're like, I, I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but this one was way too exciting for me. And especially this year, because they've changed a few things around in it this year. So okay. for people who don't know about the census. <laughs> Dude, go on, go on. This, go on. this year, what they've changed around is um, in the religion section, they've changed it that no religion is the top point and then the okay. actual religions are next because in the years past um, no religion was at the bottom and there was there was a big campaign to get it changed to being at the top because there's a I think there's a lot of people who aren't religious but were baptized but so when they see Roman Catholic on the top they go oh, I must be that because I was baptized where really they have no religion hmm. and it's you know the the census will capture will actually capture that and be able to say oh actually we don't have as many you know practicing roman catholics in the country anymore maybe we'll take the church out of the schools and maybe yeah. the maybe the kids who won't have to do you know communion and confirmation while they're in school and waste two years of their education on something that should be done in a Sunday school if they're religious. Mm. Yeah. I've got a big, I've got a big bear about um, a religion school because I had no religion going to a Catholic school. So mm. when they had those two years of, you know, communion and confirmation, those were years where I was sitting there going, what am I supposed to do now? And everybody's yeah. singing, everybody's... And, you know, the, the school I went to was um, extremely Catholic. And they would take us down to the school and I wouldn't be allowed... Take us down to the, the church, you know, when they would be practising. And I wouldn't be allowed in the church because the principal was extreme, extremely Catholic. And, you know, oh, I had my original sin. I might make the church collapse in or something. I don't know. You know, but you don't really understand it when you're eight years old. <laughs> Why can't I go into the church? Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that's a, a really important one. So that if people aren't actually practicing religious, put down no religion. If you're not religious, put down no religion. You know, just because you were baptized doesn't make you that religion Yeah, anymore. and you said somebody might just not see the other option until it's too late and they've already ticked it. Yeah. And am I right in thinking it up to a number of censuses? Censuses? Censi? Censi <laughs> ago, there wasn't, there were, that option might have been missing or? No, it's, no, no, it's, well, it's changed, it changes all the time. So every time the census come out, there's new changes onto it. 
So like this one is asking us about our Wi-Fi and everything. So there's, oh, know, really? they wouldn't have been asking oh, really? us about that 20 years ago. Um, no. But every, there, there's constant changes and constant updates. And this one as well has this beautiful section at the back. And I'm going to open up my census, my own particular census. This, this section the, on the back page, there's this large blank square yeah. or rectangle. And that's called the time capsule. So we can leave a message for people in a hundred years time. Oh, we can draw a picture. We can write down the family secrets. We can put in whatever hashtag will make no sense to them in a hundred years time. But we can leave uh, leave some sort of information for people in a hundred years time, which is just my like. I go through the cen- I go through the nineteen oh one and the nineteen eleven census in Ireland, and the census that go back. Further in England and America and everywhere else, um, and it's just they're they're wonderful pieces of information about people that people don't you know. Now, when you're doing that, you don't realize you don't you're not thinking. Oh, in a hundred years' time, somebody's going to be looking back on this and going, "Oh wow, this tells me so much about this person." You know, yeah, and their life, like. In 1911, in Ireland, there was so many um, women who put their religion down as suffragette. Wow. So now when we're looking at that, you know, they didn't realize, you know, they were making a protest themselves. They were making a stand at the time. But for us, looking back, we're like, oh, you go, girl. You know, it's just <laughs> it's so powerful for us to see that now. And I think with this time capsule, with all the things that, that have been going on in the last few years, what people are going to write down in that is going to be, ama- you know, I'm going to be long gone, but I, I'm excited for people in a hundred years time to be able to read it. The yeah, historians just, of the future. Yeah. Oh, I no, love the historians of the future. It, like, it's, it's true because it's something, um, actually you got me into was looking up census stuff and I've looked up my own house because it's, it's old. And obviously you, you, there's two, I think. Um, yeah, the the two that you mentioned. Yeah, the 1911. Yeah, where the same family are here, and and I look at the amount of them that are living here, and I know the the house was smaller then because it's had an extension, and and some I now I I've forgotten now, but something changed. I think clearly the the father had passed away or something had happened, and just watching how the names and the titles mm-hmm. of the house changed and also the age of the woman <laughs> oh yeah it's very fun yeah yeah how, so how much she did was, she age or not age in those 10 years <laughs> yeah i think she only aged like seven years in 10 <laughs> yeah. years or something yeah this kind of stuff but uh, and even that little thing like trying to piece together so much about a personality mm-hmm. but if you can actually write a message that is yeah. that is so exciting yeah isn't it isn't that oh. really exciting? Aren't you going to clap and jump up and down for your census of numerator? Well, I, I think I will. Paper? <laughs> yeah. I think I will now, now that I know this, because, yeah, I mean, that is such a gorgeous yeah, and, and an easy element, especially in digital times, to add in. Like, yes, yeah. why not? You know, it's, um, that's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, and no, like, I know we're social media and all that, but a census is something that, you know, will survive. Yep. It'll survive documentation that will survive whatever might happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a census will, will no, stand it's a, the test it's a, Pretty much a guaranteed, you know, 100 years. They're, they're going to open these. There's going to be 
researchers galore because the, I think with the census as well the census is one of those that there's guaranteed it's going to be held for 100 years where a lot of our information that we a lot of the, the information about us now is going to be gone and that's so sad it makes me mm. so sad for future historians because you know we think of our grandparents and the letters that they wrote each other and those letters are still you know um, so many people have have letters that their grandparents wrote them or wrote somebody else or their Christmas cards or whatever. But, you know, the technology changes so fast. You know, anything that was on a floppy disk is gone. You know, Mm. soon CDs are going to be gone. It's, you know, the technology changes so quickly that we're losing all that information and also what we can access. So emails, somebody in a hundred years time won't be able to access your personal email or my personal email to find out, you know, what, who I'm talking to, what my interactions were, whereas we could do that for people a hundred years ago. So they're going to have a much harder time. You think with technology, it would be easier, but no, it's going to be much harder for people in the future to be able to tell the story of individuals. Wow. You've never really thought of thought of that. So I love sending cards. I love writing hand handwritten stuff and sending it to people because I'm like, but for two for two reasons because I I think it's it's so nice for people to have something tactile. You know, I can send a text saying happy birthday or something, but and they go, oh, that's nice. But when you get a card, you have that moment of you're opening a card and you're going, you you think, and then you have to you put it somewhere so you think it again and maybe. You pick it up a, a few months later because you threw it into a box and you go, oh, yeah, there's a, you know, yeah. There's a constant thinking. Somebody, somebody thinks about me. Somebody has taken the time out of their life to, you know, make a card or buy a card or but go to the post office and get a stamp. <laughs> go to the yeah. letterbox and put it in. There's a, it's a whole process. There's a whole thought. Yeah. yeah. No, that's so true. It is. It's it's very mindful. It's very intentional. It's very, it's 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 a complete kind of ritual as such. Yeah. And my friends um, just call it old fashioned. They, Sharon, you're just old fashioned. <laughs> I was searching for an address book the other day, and they were like, nobody will have an address book, Sharon. And I'm like, <laughs> well, my wife got me an address book for Christmas, so there you go. <sighs> I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Um. Well, I'm thinking actually with you will probably how how often are the census? How many years in Ireland? There will be five years, but we didn't have it last year because of COVID. So this one was supposed to be last year. OK, OK. So I'm guessing the next census census, which will be 2027, will it or 26? Uh, 26? It should be 26. It, uh, I'm not sure they figured that out. OK, whichever of those years. Yeah. I think you're going to be jumping up and down even more because you're going to be in your your home. My forever home. Your forever My home. Forever home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this will be, you know, your home. And yep. obviously it'd be really fun if you were there now. Do you know oh. what I mean? It'd be really fun if you were doing this census in and like, so Sharon, you have bought a home that you will be living in soon. But obviously for some reason you buy a coffee, you hand over your money, you get hand your coffee and you drink it. You buy a house, lots of invisible things happen yes. for months. For ages and, and ages. And ages and ages and ages. And eventually you get you get keys, even though, you know, you've handed 
you've money approved and the person is happy to take it who owns the house but for some reason it takes at least three months so yeah, yeah. but obviously in five years time or four years time I think you know you should probably have a dinner when you're uh, <laughs> or a party when your census enumeration arrives oh they'll definitely get a box of chocolates I've been, <laughs> I've been waiting for you there's your box of chocolates <laughs> that's wonderful and I think it's lovely to think about that because I think a lot of us um, do the you know we've all been doing the census either as children in a household or as adults in households um, and maybe it's something that a lot of us do quite mindlessly and go oh this thing I, d- I fill out so I think it's lovely to it's hear so, your take on it it's so important I don't think realize, a lot of people realise how important it is because the information that goes from a census denotes how much money goes into different things in different areas mm. so um, so this one has got a, a whole a section on disabilities so if people fill that out honestly then the government will realize okay we need to put more money into disabilities and especially in these areas or uh, transport uh, things like that it's it's so important because that's where the government get their information about where where in the country needs what is from the census okay so it's more than just i was here it's also um what 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 is needed and yeah what, i'm extremely passionate about the census <laughs> i'm the census <laughs> nerd <laughs> i've just i've picked up on that i've just got this weird thing i don't know i, I have a book about <laughs> census <laughs> do you what's that book called it's called the census of ireland <laughs> and it has all the it has the the main tracks of details about the censuses from the first one in 1821 up to 1971 it doesn't you know it has the information that was correlated out of all of those census so it tells you the population density what industries people were working in you know the ages of uh, of, uh, people when they got married ages of women when they had children you know different things like that that they could extrapolate from from the census so I wow. yeah it's a great book it's all it's just all numbers and I open it up and I'm like oh yeah this is brilliant and, you know, and other people look at me like what what even that makes no sense uh, <laughs> <laughs> um love oh, oh yeah quick question yes. when was the first census in Ireland uh, it was 1821 is that available online because no, no, no 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 the there there's uh, the 1820, 1821 until the 1891 census are gone. There's fragments of like the 1851. Um, there's little fragments of census left because of the um, pension, when the pension was introduced. And a lot of old day pensioners didn't have, you know, uh, records of their births because there weren't birth certificates, so they would have had to get parish records, but some parishes didn't keep records. So they would have had to apply for their census return to say what age they were so they could apply for their pension. But there was two reasons why the records don't exist um, before 1901. Um, Some of the records were destroyed uh, during the, the... the Irish Civil War. So a hundred years ago, they were destroyed because they were in the four courts, and uh, the four courts got burnt in a fire. And so, so much of Irish records got burnt when the Irish were fighting the Irish. Um, 
and then, uh, but another chunk of them were pulped to be used as paper. Okay. Yeah. So there's two two main reasons why they we don't have those records anymore, and it's just oh, it breaks my heart, especially seeing having access to the English ones and the American ones, not being able to access the Irish ones. It, it, that could have told us so much more individually about people. It makes me sad. God. I was so happy and now a, I'm sad. Is this a bad time to tell you my granddad and granduncle were part of the people who bombed the forecourt? <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> but it wasn't the yeah. English. The English didn't. It, the, that's the, no, that's, the, these were the two Irishmen. These were two Irishmen. I keep having to. Yeah, I, I, I like to stop um, you know, false information about our history. And that's one that comes up so much is oh, the English destroyed our sense, our, all our records. And I'm like, no. <laughs> They did a lot, but they didn't do that. <laughs> you can pin it. You you now have uh, you have documentation. You can pin it at least on my granddad. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever see the the film, the old footage of the man lighting the uh, lighting the cannon and sticking his fingers in his ears, um, that's my grand uncle Tony. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know if we should be friends anymore. <laughs> ah, sure we can. Sure we can. Um, Sure. Look, you've got a friend from Roscommon. You yeah, know, it all it all works. True. <laughs> I'm look, maybe with that's lots of people that. <laughs> uh, well, now that we're no longer friends, it might be a good point to uh, stop them. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon, thank you so much, seriously, uh, for joining me. Is there anything coming up for you that you'd like to mention, or any, or even could you talk uh, or mention the? the app that you're involved in well um, we're th- th- um, in this week the end of this week we've got I've got a book coming out um, which is the uh, 100 women of Limerick so wow. it tells the story of um, 100 you know women who were born or spent a significant amount of time in Limerick city and county who had some major impact on society for you know, a whole array of reasons and over centuries. And it has been, you know, I've, I've been working on this uh, with, for Ormston House, we did an app um, that launched last year, which was the Women of Limerick app that was a trail around um, Limerick City. You know, anybody can still get that. It's for, for free on Android and um, Apple, just the Women of Limerick. Um, but now, when we were working, when I was working on that, I realised there were so many other women. I was like, we we must be able to do something with all these other women. I can't leave them now that I know about them. I can't leave them forgotten. So we put them all together in a book. So it should be hitting the the shelves very soon. So one it's called a hundred women of Limerick. One hundred women of Limerick. And is it going to be evol- in, available in all, all all good independent bookstores? Uh, yep, that's the one. <laughs> that's what I'm where, where okay so this is going to be going out in um uh it'll be going out the day after international women's day today oh uh, yeah um and so, it, so the book is launching this uh, it's week. launching on international um women's day uh, but it'll be a few more days after that that before it gets into the shops but amazing it'll be a, it'll be available very soon fantastic and where can people follow you online um I'm on I'm Limerick's Life on 
everything. I'm really easy to find. Put in Sharon Slater and you will find me. I'm extremely easy to find. (laughs) (laughs) Sharon, it has been a delight and a joy as as absolutely expected. Uh, Thank you so much for, for joining me on this and I hope you've enjoyed it yourself. Thank you. You've been listening to Three Things That Matter with me, Anne Blake, a Limerick Post podcast produced by Eric Fitzgerald. Theme tune is composed by myself and performed and recorded by my lovely brother, David Blake. You can follow Limerick Post on Twitter at Limerick Post. If you enjoyed the podcast, please let others know and rate it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at AnneBlake78, on Instagram at AnneBlakePlay, and the podcast on the hashtag 3ThingsTM. TM.